What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great day today, and welcome back to another episode of Blake's Take. I'm Blake Neiman here, and we are finally at the NBA Finals here in early July. Who would have expected that? But more importantly, though, who would have expected the two teams playing for the title would be the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. But the finals are the finals, and whoever shall win the chip should not have nothing taken away from them, as they have worked just as hard as any other contender to get to this point, and it's not their fault the rest of the competition struggled with injuries. They controlled what they could control, and that is all what you can ask from a team. So, here it is. Bucks, Suns, down in the valley for Game 1. Suns in their first final since 1993, back with Charles Barkley, and Bucks in their first final since 1974, back with the Big O and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. A big factor going into this game was the status of Giannis Antetokounmpo and whether he was going to play or not. Luckily for the Bucks, their two-time MVP and Defensive Player of the Year was cleared to play in his first NBA Finals game. Unfortunately, unfortunately though, for the Bucks. It was all downhill from there. Chris Paul lit them up for 32 points uh, on 12 of 19 shooting and 9 assists in his first ever finals game that he had been waiting 16 years for. The Suns' two young stars also did not shy away from the moment as Devin Booker scored 27 points while DeAndre Ayton had a dang near 20-20 game with 22 points and 19 rebounds all on 80% shooting from the field. Just great performances by the young, by the young stars. Obviously on paper, these guys showed offensive success. This was due in large part to their ability to counter the Bucks' defensive strategy that was so successful in the final two games against the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals, in which they switched on everything. The Bucks wanted to keep the ball in front, stay out of the rotation, and prevent Paul from doing his impe- impeccable work in the pick-and-roll situations. This tactic worked for the Bucks early in this game, but once the Suns found, Suns found their rhythm, there was no going back as they took full advantage of their quickness, getting triple threat options, and isolating Brooke Lopez on virtually every play. A lot of this falls on Mike Budenholzer and his lack of adjustment during this game. He should have pulled Brooke Lopez way earlier than or late in the third, and or he should have came up with a better plan or defensive scheme that would have allowed the big man to still make a pre- his presence known without getting stuck in the middle of two all-star guards. That's just the beauty of this Phoenix offense, though. It is built to attack any scheme. The Suns space, space the floor, put pressure on the rim, and have two of the better matchup hunters in the world in their backcourt in Devin Booker and Chris Paul, just pure raw players. This is not the same kind of opponent as the bang-up Hawks that the Bucks were facing. So whichever way Budenholzer chooses to go, there will be pros and cons. It's significantly harder to play small ball with the Bucks' lack of depth at the guard position. And for all the defensive problem Lopez may may continue to have in this series, he is still one of the Bucks' most productive offensive players. You can't take away from that. So he you can't, you want Lopez on the court for the offensive side, 
but the Suns are going to take advantage all day of Lopez in those pick and rolls if you keep him there. So game one really showed the Suns' strength and exposed the Bucks' weaknesses, and we'll see how game two turns out. But I think the the Suns are locked in on their game plan. They've got everything put together. The Bucks have a lot of work to do if they want to keep themselves in this series and find a way to stop this incredible offense that Phoenix has, and also defense. Defense was really well, too. But, uh, Devin Booker played well on Chris Middleton in the third quarter, holding him, I believe, one for nine, and then Drew Holiday had an off night, but still you have to give in credit the defense of the Suns for that. And so it was just great, great offense for the for the Suns and defense for the Suns. A great game plan by both Chris Paul and Monty Williams. But the, on the Bucks' hand, they have their hands full as they this opponent is much better than all the opponents they've faced this postseason. But besides, you can maybe argue the Nets, but they may even be better than the Nets because the Nets were not fully healthy. So this is a challenge, a big challenge for Giannis, and it may be the biggest challenge of his career because he is fighting for an NBA championship against a team that is much the favorite right now after what we just saw in Game 1. So... We'll see what happens in Game 2. I'll be here to cover it for you, and you can catch it all on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. Hope you all enjoyed, and I'll see you all in the next one.